Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. You join us for the last show of 2023 where we're taking a bit of a look back across the uh, the tumultuous last four years and are adopting a bit of a, a Christmas carol theme in terms of in homage to one of Portsmouth's finest authors. How are you, Simon? Well, after trying to figure out what the hell went wrong then, um, d- yeah, I'm all right. I'm, you know, battling away. The 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 festive period is nearly here. How's your week been in? Yes, I am still bedeviled with this this uh, Ebola or cold. It's one of the two. Um, so yeah, I'm into week three and not not loving it, if I'm honest. Um, but um, yeah, apart from that, we are relatively poised. Long weekend, took Friday and Monday off. Done very little, but um, except prepare avidly for this evening's show. I think as regular viewers know, there has been a historically, I have sat on the right of politics and Simon has sat on the left. And for most of the year, we sit there being very neutral, don't we? And uh, allowing our guests to fill the uh, the air with much more sense than we make. But we thought we might have a, a little bit of reflection looking back this evening. Yeah, I- indeed. And, and taking that Christmas carol theme, thankfully not one with songs in it, which our audience will be, um, I'm sure, um, glad of. Um, we're, we're looking at the not so much the ghosts of Christmas's past, present and future, but the votes of Christmas's past, present and future. No, we're not going to run through the statistics of who voted how much and when. We're just going to give no. you this was the ho- these were our highs and lows for the past. What we think for the and for the present, we're talking about this year and the future is what what essentially what are our hopes and fears for, for 2024. Um, and then we'll round up with trying to guess when we think the general election is going to be and um, and in all preparation, just like our local election predictions, we're likely to be wrong. Yeah, I I think we are, I think there's a fair chance we'll be wrong. We've not uh, we've we've not covered ourselves in glory in recent election years, but um, it doesn't stop us trying. No, so, no. So the first period we were going to look at was uh, was was politics past. So from the election of 2019 through to the end of last year. Shall we start with with a low light, Simon? And look, I'm sure you have a you, you have probably eight pages of notes there on low lights for that period. If I force you to settle on just one, perhaps with a couple of honourable mentions. Well, I mean, if we're going to be particular and and go from the 2019 December election, by the way, the, the first so the last time we had a December general election was in um, 1923, um, where, if memory serves, we had four elections in the space of six years. Um, so, oh no, not another one. We hear that that um, was it. Brenda was that her name? That lady that was vox popped oh. by the BBC. Um, so, um, God bless the fixed term Parliament Act, eh? <laughs> well yeah it, it worked for the like the one parliament in which it was wor- it was used in um and and then t- it was no more so um i guess as the prorogation happened before the general election uh, and johnson being called the leader happened before the general election my 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 low point since the general election in 2019 Ooh, that's a tough one that's a tough one um, you've 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 put me on the spot there because there was so much that happened before the general election. Um, so I guess it's got to be the 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 Conservative Party's fascination with re-electing a leader. Oh, how interesting! Interesting. So, so we 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 might have settled on on similar themes, <laughs> but um. But in a uh, probably for completely different it, reasons. For completely different reasons. So, I I have taken the appropriate, the the only way to do politics, which is to boil my low light down to a three word slogan. Uh oh. And uh, my my low light from the period 2019 to 2022 
is conservative democracies dead? Oh. Okay. Bit to huck, not really in the Christmas spirit. So let, let me let me okay. try and unpack that. So for me, there's an element of, you know, the behaviour of Boris Johnson just became untenable. Boris Johnson, you know, to the surprise of probably almost no one, became Boris Johnson. And in that style of believing that he was above scrutiny, above the law, above any kind of moral decency, he sort of crashed about becoming ever more embarrassing before eventually he was done for and sent on his way. Now, at that point, as a Conservative Party member at the time, I had hoped for democracy to kick in. And there was this absurd um, pseudo-democratic process where runners and riders stepped forward and the Parliamentary Party got them down to five and we had little Rishi in fourth place and Liz Truss in fifth place. And so the Parliamentary Party then whittled the field down so that only those two remained with the, well, you won't vote for Liz Truss, will you? Um, sort of message to the membership. And the membership duly voted for Liz Truss. And after, was it 56 days? Um, something like that. I mean, she, what, what was the phrase that, that she lasted? A lettuce in Tesco lasts longer. Yes, yes. She, she, she was beaten by the lettuce. Mm -hmm. And so then the Conservative, the Parliamentary Party came together again and said, right, this democracy doesn't seem to be working very well for us. So... What we'll do is we'll give you a, a selection of one for your Conservative Party leader because you got it wrong last time. And Rishi Sunak was foisted upon us. And I then de-ussed myself by immediately resigning from the Conservative Party. And it's that element of you could argue about, well, you know, they followed their own rules and you knew this was a risk. And if I'm honest with you, Simon, I, I don't think I read all the small print about the mechanics of um, of electing a new leader and thus by default a prime minister. So for me, politically, that was, and I know I've probably broken the rules a little bit there, but we haven't really written up any rules of and in the how appropriate that in talking about Boris, talking I don't about, follow. Them. Yeah, I was going to say how <laughs> I don't follow the rules, but for me, it was it was that procession of the complete breakdown of of decency and democracy within the parliamentary party that led me to walk away. See, I I find that quite interesting because um, my research into kind of what happened in that period. Um, if you take as a given, obviously, um, Quasi Quartings and Liz Truss's disaster budget, um, the fantasy budget, um, and th literally within two weeks having to wind that back quicker than someone trying to catch a shark on a, on a, I don't know what my analogy is there with fishing, but it was... Shark fishing analogy, yeah. not um, strong at this point. No, so. not strong at fishing or sharks. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and after obviously, um, um, Quasi Quateng was pretty much unceremoniously chucked under the bus by Liz Truss. Um, not a bus with some of Johnson's lies written on it though. This time, so that was at least something. So, um, the 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 contest that took place at that place at that time after after um, Liz Truss giving her resignation, um, Penny Morden put her hat back in the ring. Rishi Sunak she did put, put his hat uh, in the ring um, and somewhere along the line, very, very quickly, um, Penny Morden decided that rather than contest Rishi Sunak, um, she should stand aside for whatever those reasons were. I, I can't remember oh, no. those being... Oh, no, 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 she, she, she. So the, the deal was as they whittled it down, when you got to the... No, that was the previous the, one. No, no. But even with the with the final one, mm. for you to proceed to a ballot, 
the rules were written such that you had to have a hundred members of parliament backing you. So if a hundred members of parliament didn't back any of the candidates or, or didn't back a second candidate, then the candidate didn't have enough votes to proceed to go on to a ballot paper. So in the final two, there was Penny and Rishi and the parliamentary party, there were only 80 odd of the parliamentary party who were prepared to back Penny. And so at that point, that was the that was the end of the race. Uh, I mean, my research is is Wikipedia. And we know that that can't necessarily always be. I mean, it's more reliable than the Daily Mail, but it's still not necessarily 100 percent accurate. But that says that she she stepped us she withdrew rather than she was excluded so I, I don't know either either way if you've got a vote where there's only actually one candidate and if your electoral rules mean that you don't have a reopen nominations option um like they do in certain other parties um then basically there's no point going to the members for a vote so no. um i i just find it interesting that the 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 bun fight that was started with 11 candidates at the previous the previous fight for the, for mm. the leadership of the Conservative Party, um, quickly kind of whittled down after, as basically um, people were excluded um, round after round. Um, so there were lots of also rands, obviously some with a grudge and some without. Um, yep. I just, I, 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 I don't know. I can't help but think that really, the the low point is. Um, the reason why the Conservative Party are in this mess is because they elected someone who has a very, very divorced relationship with the truth, like Boris Johnson as a leader in the first place, and then followed him. Um, so, you know, they've, they've kind of been hoist by their own batard, and now they're trying to find a way to actually make the impossible possible. And when they found out that wasn't that wasn't possible, they then started blaming everybody else, whether that was the supposedly the left-wing media, people in boats, um, whether it's people that eat tofu, or, or whatever it is, oh, all oh, those um, those name those known left wing conspirators in the in them um, in um, in the oh, what is it? Not the square mile? Is it the square mile? Um, in the in the city in the, yeah, in the city, the um, yeah. which are obviously against the idea of growth. Um, so yeah, I I'm, unfortunately the rest of us, rather than just watching with glee with popcorn. We've had to live through this and rely on this as our government. Um, but, you know, we are where we are. The the people spoke in 2019 and put this person, um, well, put that particular party into, into power. But unfortunately, that party didn't seem to have a way to unite its own party, let alone the country. So... So was your so is your low point the election of Boris Johnson? Is that the is that what you're uh, almost as the trigger of it at all? Yeah, yeah, because I, I, yeah, if we're excluding anything that happened before the election, it's yeah. it it's it's that it's that point. It's that, and I can see how we got to that point because the country were mm. completely fed up with the shenanigans around. Try uh, Theresa May trying to get her Brexit deal to work, and um, the the fold arms and stare brigade on both sides of the argument basically saying nope we're not for moving um basically creating a massive impasse that mean that meant that she didn't really have any option and then basically the the conservative party turned on her to or the, at least the, the um the erg lot turned on her in order to get shot um and and put that so um but we'd only been in we wouldn't have been in that position if actually johnson hadn't have run away at the first place after 2016 mm. um when david cameron stepped down had he actually i don't know not been a coward and and stood at that point to enact the thing that he'd sold to the public then then maybe we'd have all been saved all of that suffering or maybe we'd have realized quicker that it what a bodge job it was and that oven ready deal wasn't exactly a frozen horse lasagna Mm, and it, it isn't it you know again i've playfully done I, the I'm, three world slogan got a balanced view on was, this was, one. It, was it yeah yeah no and and to be fair the uh, uh i i guess you perhaps that's your three word slogan the frozen horse lasagna so um uh, as as i'll put it across the bottom of the that, screen as that was probably you know that was you know get brexit done oven ready deal um was that really the birth of the whole just boiling really complex political issues down to you know if you say it often enough then uh, then you can you can perhaps you know 
uh, did did he fool the people? Who I guess it's the, the it's the old we'll ne we'll never know because well, of the well. If only there was lots of you know video evidence of him of of things being said to different people that were completely contradictory or just weren't true. The whole kind of Northern Ireland backstop, the whole kind of border between you know the 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 border in the, in the uh, in the Irish Sea thing was you know it was in that situation because different things were told to different people and different things happened and it was just the we'll get this done but I, the British public had set, had their say were frustrated that nothing was happening because Parliament couldn't agree yeah. on how to implement a deliberately vague and very very close vote um, and Parliament couldn't even agree on saying we're not quite sure what you mean by this could you tell us a bit more um and decided to um and the public decided to give give the power to the person that told them that it was easy and that they could get it done um even though obviously you know lots of people have, have yeah. found out since um since not so that that was kind of my that I would say that was that was my low yep. point but I think that's a low point for all of the country in the sense of we just deserve truth and honesty rather than this level of deception and obfuscation and um governing by by populist three-word slogan policies i think i think we're better than that i think we can i think we can do better than that there are serious problems to fix and they deserve um, serious solutions and serious people to enact them so in in a serious way allow me to invite you to get your cheery christmas elf hat on and give me a political highlight for 19 to 22 cool you might need a run up here come on nearly christmas sleigh bells ring are you listening so it, i'm i'm so there are two things there are two things Ooh. um so i'm going to cheat a little bit so on one hand i'm glad to see all of the results of all of the by-elections that have taken place um and a lot of those going for a um going for a political party that's close to my heart um rather than um returning the incumbents and a lot a lot of them being basically people either being dismissed or um doing a runner before basically they were strung up in parliament metaphorically speaking for um uh, for things so yeah so i think that or actually the yep. the, the 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 high for me the, the good th i don't know if it's a high or it's at least a good thing of seeing that there is a sign of a return to sensible politics or at least um ministers and governments being held to account as much as they try to flop about like a like a halibut on a chopping board that you've just what's with the fishing analogies i don't know well and to be fair you won't go, I'm, I'm you're not going to get a whole halibut on a ch chopping board they're enormous just for the halibut okay um a trout yeah a trout um trout yeah so no you can have a trout if, if you've got a, if you've got a trout flopping about on your on a chopping board and i'm sorry for anybody that, that doesn't eat fish um, and I'm never going to be able to look one any eye again. But so at least, despite um, some people that obviously um, are strangers to the truth, trying to make it someone else's problem, um, I don't know. It's it's like trying to. It kind of gives, apart from giving the impression that um, that there is an element of parliament that works in the sense that we can actually finally try to hold these people to account, or at least try to, to try to make that happen. Um, it just has a bit of the ring of a headmaster trying to speak to a successive group of 12-year-old boys um, who are each trying to blame the um, another another one of their um, their companions or their classmates for burning down the bike sheds. It was him what did it, sir. He was the one with the matches. No, 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 no. Johnson was the one with the petrol. No, 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 no. Hancock was the one with the matches. No, no, no. Cummings oh. was the one that told us to set fire to things. You see my point? I do see your point. So so your highlight is you think that that tide has started to turn. I live in hope because otherwise we live in really, really desperate and depressing oh. times. So that's my hope is that, um, and I don't, because at the end of the day, we can't undo those things, but hopefully we can all learn what the danger is of putting into positions of power people like that marvelous do you want me to hit you with my next three-word slogan go on then vaccines 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 
Now, okay. I think that's the, it is the last time that I would say the government got something properly right. And at a difficult time, in a, in a terrible backdrop, the vaccines rollout was, for me, you know, it, it, it was in, you know, it was a great success. And, and I think that, you know, if I look back on it, 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 it not only, it, you know, it not only had a positive health effect, but I think it did, it did create a positive energy within the country at a time which had been very, very dark indeed. And, you know, we can argue about the the nuances and the subtleties and, you know, how the contracts were signed and how they were put together. But ultimately at the time, you know, the fact that the, the, the vaccines rollout went as well as it did. And, you know, again, this isn't me being one-eyed and claiming, oh, it was all down to, you know, a political party because there were thousands of people involved through to the, you know, the the spirit of the people when you turned up for that first shot where there were, you know, dozens of volunteers who were orchestrating lines and getting people to move through and, you know, all of that sort of social distancing stuff. So for me, politically, if I look back at that 2019 to 2022 period, I think for me, that was that was the the one piece of political, national, whateverism you want to call it, that that was probably the last time we did something really, really well. Okay. I kind of excluded stuff around the vaccine because I didn't see it as a political thing, despite certain people trying to wrap themselves in flags and, and claim national national triumphalism um, about it. I can't help but feel, if I'm honest, that it, it, it went so well in spite of our politicians, not because of them. Right. <laughs> Not a, not I, a cheery Christmas positive or positive note, but no, no. But are. I always thought I always thought you were going to struggle with this one. To be honest, Simon, you were, yeah, yeah. You have a touch more of the Mister Bumble about you than you do. Um, you do. Outrageous, Mister Bumble. Absolutely, Mister Bumble. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I always thought Ebenezer Scrooge got a rough deal. I thought I thought he had many good points in his manifesto that got overlooked, but still. Um, Right, so that brings us up to this year and politics present. So, did you want to go first with your low light? Um. So, so this year, um, I'm str- um okay. I'm struggling with these. Why don't you go first with the low light for for? So I had a couple. Okay. And and and. And for me, well, it's a difficult one. I've got one that doesn't come out as my highlight or my low light, but actually fell into both. Okay. And that was the the fact that the the live broadcast we did from the count in Portsmouth. Oh, okay. And for me, I thought from the podcast perspective, I thought it was, you know, it, it was a hell of an endeavor to undertake. Um, having never been to a count before. Um, I really enjoyed being there, um, picking up on the on you know the the sort of the mood at the start and how that changed over time as boxes were opened and you know how interesting. So a lot of the people that gave us stick about getting results wrong um, thought we might have been right at the start of the evening, but by the end of the evening we're declaring what idiots we were forever um, coming up with our predictions. It was like. Oh. I remember seeing you at eight o'clock and you weren't looking quite as chipper as you are now. And I think the low light for me in that is that we, we you know, we, we lost some good local councillors and, you know, friend of the pod, Scott Pater Harris. I, you know, I felt I've always felt he was somebody who worked very hard for his residents. And, you know, when we look at that local level, there was an element of, you know, sadness for me that sometimes in local politics, you can work really bloody hard and do a fantastic job. And it's not even a political thing. You know, I felt when Steve Pitt got dumped after the, um, you know, after the, the, the sort of pandemic, there was an element of that just felt 
so harsh. So I think the low light for me was, you know, again in in May, it was seeing that the way in which the the votes ended up going wasn't great for me personally. Um, and my sort of secondary highlight was was just being there and being part of the democratic process. So that was my um, those were my runners up. Um, oh, runners up. They were the they were the runners up. I can give you my um, I can give you um, my 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 low light is quite personal. Um, in that it was a dawning realization during this year as somebody who's been interested in local um politics and national politics and we've been doing this now for crumbs we must be coming up is it five years next year yeah yeah and it was realizing there was a moment where i realized my three-word slogan is um you know nowhere to vote um in that i have got you know politically i am now homeless and i've never felt like that and it was just that element of oh right um okay um you know and I, i'd never understood you know when people had said well are they you know Whoa. you know we might as well just spoil the ballot paper they're all to say i ain't bothering the vote Whoa. And I sort of sat there scratching my head at a point during this year, and I couldn't even tell you exactly when it was, but it was just the case of there's nobody I want to vote for. You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to win, and that was quite a revelation. Or well, there isn't someone you want to win. Yeah, a little yeah. bit like yeah. the you referred to the Brexit vote earlier. You know where, um. Where Parliament was quite happy to keep telling Theresa May what they didn't want, mm -hmm. but couldn't tell her what they did want, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, and and that was the interesting thing. I mean, the interesting—it's a bit of a diversion, but the interesting thing for me was, as part of my exhaustive research um, for tonight's show, um, I went back through and again using Wikipedia as as my source. All of the twos and fro's of the votes, the indicative votes that fell, the number of times, you know, three times they tried to, to vote through her deal um, and it didn't pass. Um, and then each time um, the the opposition was, was pretty much being dragged, screaming and kicking to a point of um, of supporting um, the, the, the possibility of a, of a second referendum. At one point, the, the shadow um, Brexit secretary um, said that Labour would be behind a confirmatory referendum with Remain as an option on the ballot um, to validate um, Theresa May's deal if 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 it passed um, through Parliament. I mean, and that was um, that was a guy called Keir Starmer. We don't hear much from him now. So mm, um, yeah, whatever happened to him? Yeah. Eh? So he was on Alan Titchmarsh this morning. Was he? He was. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, okay. Um, so. Yeah, I, I guess um, it's hard because for me, 2023, a lot of the things that I think that are my low points for 2023 actually happened in 2022. Because mm. um, it just feels like, <laughs> it feels like the Liz Trust thing only happened less than like 12 months ago. And it, and it didn't. It was more than 12 months ago. Mm. So, um, so I guess for me, um, a low point was this year is seeing our government... Um, continuing to use distraction techniques and um dead cat media basically to um to try and not provide sensible solutions to the issue to the issues of the day um and in that basis i i i talk about the whole thing about the about the parthenon marbles the whole thing about the rwanda scheme this all these are all kind of nonsensical distraction techniques that are meant to kind of inflame and aggravate um uh, and we don't need to keep looking for divide in our country. So I, I just, I'm just thoroughly disappointed that a government of any flavour, whatever, whatever parliament, sorry, whatever um, party they they might be, that they're continuing rather than to actually find ways to improve the country. They're just, they're just simply looking for ways to maintain power, even though they seem to be out of ideas and out of anyone roughly credible or competent to to, to help them enact any. So, um, yeah, we're. I think 
I think that's a that's a grand shame and the the changing of the of the the remo- the the repeal of the fixed term parliaments act puts the power back in the PM's hands about when to have a general election so um I yeah, and I'm 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 going to have a word in his shell like once I've called out my um my date to see if we can make that happen so so that that was your that was your low light yeah and and I thought that and I can absolutely understand the chucking of so well we stole the Elgin marbles fair and square didn't we it's like take a 3D print of them give the bastards back but, let's not be childish and yeah. the people who are doing their well you know we stole them fair and square so how many times have you been to see the Elgin marbles um well it's not the point is it yeah yeah no it really is the point you probably don't even know what they are so so we'll, we'll forget those that nonsensical yeah. standby come on hit hit me with your big bag of christmas cheer positive for this year and go um i feel like i'm i feel like i'm repeating myself so the the um, the conclusion that the party gate investigation oh, that wasn't this year was it no so this sorry this year not the party gate thing. I mean, Nadine Doris finally found out what immediate means. Uh, so, did, did a bit of joy in the in the in so, the. Um, so, sh- having for all intents and purposes what appeared to be a sulk because she didn't get um, elevated to the House of Lords by Boris Johnson as departing uh, PM in his honours list, which is ironic. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> Boris Johnson describing any honour of any description. Um, so um, I'm not a fan, just in case that wasn't wasn't clear. Um, so um, so having said, what was it back in June that she was going to resign immediately uh, and stand down immediately, causing a by-election because um, that will show that Sunak guy. Um, and then decided to put in a freedom of information request to understand why she wasn't on the final list. Um, so, but eventually, 78 days later, she got round to putting in her resignation. So despite saying that she was going to stand down immediately, um, um, she took 78 days to do it. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's good to have principles. And if you if you want to stand by them, you, you should do that. But it, I don't know, just seems like a bit of kind of desperation to kind of hang on um, just just for that sake. So <laughs> in a wider sense, again, the continuing theme of by-elections showing... Um, showing that the existing government are not on the right message um, and aren't even on their own message and don't even know what their own message is because from one day to the next it, it seems to change. It's just this disarray. It's not about, for me, the, the frustration isn't that they are conservatives. It's that they don't seem to know what they're doing and seem to think that the rest of us should have utter faith in their ability to do it despite all evidence to the contrary. Um, and I'd feel the same about that if, if that was a Labour government, if that was a Liberal Democrat government, um, or indeed as it is as a Conservative government. I just think that's awful for the country. Yeah, yeah and there is an element person. of... I've turned a high into a low again. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not bringing the Christmas cheer to this episode, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it for us. So my highlight, it's not really a word... Penny Mordaunt. How good was she at the King's coronation? I mean, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Um, she was brilliant, okay. and and yeah, the, the 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 general consensus was was just professional, passionate. And you seem to have kind of ducked out of the connection. My end. I don't know whether anyone else is is um is seeing Ian, but I've lost Ian. He's frozen mid, um mid praise. Um, so I understand um, that um, that Portsmouth North MP Penny Mordaunt um, was holder of the sword um, and basically had to stand there, um, immobilised for quite a long period of time uh, during the, the King's coronation. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I guess um, that, I mean, you could also, you could say that the coronation was also another another high uh, uh, for the country. Um I have mixed views about uh, about whether we should have a constitutional monarchy, but um, lots of people seem to enjoy themselves, apart from the ones that were arrested for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Bloody hell. It was Christmas Day in the workhouse. The whitewashed walls were black. We don't want your figgy pudding. You can have the 
bastard back. Jesus, it's not easy working this one tonight. I'll keep trying. Oh, Didn't so yes, I, yes, I, yeah, I yeah. Have yeah. A, I never liked the monarchy a, anyway. A right um, then, for Grinch, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Um, <laughs> uh, I think she um, provided a shining and magnificent example yep. of um, selfless and dutiful service um, to the country. And as much as I struggle with the idea of um, an unelected head of state, the sheer fact that she doesn't, she, you know, the, the monarch doesn't have to be elected actually in some ways elevated them beyond the mess that we've had over the, over the last few years. So um, her, her loss is keenly felt. I'm sure King Charles will be fantastic, but I'm also sure he's not going to be asking me for any advice. Um, so, um, yep. Yeah, it's unlikely. I'd... Unlikely. Yeah, yeah. No, and and to be fair, despite <laughs> our best efforts, uh, no, we've not got him no. lined um, up for the uh, for the January podcast, have we? Um, for Charles Dickens Ward, joining us, um, but um, no one regal. <coughs> no, and to be fair, I'm guessing they're not going to be great monarchists either. So, moving on from the monarchy, we will look ahead now to 2024. Our hopes and fears for all the years are yada yada yada. <coughs> should we do? Should we do fears first? Because obviously you're on a an absolute mega misery trip here. Um, what, what do you think, my fear? I, I, I think I could. I think I can pre-guess your fear for 2024. I think it would be that somehow, in some kind of miraculous it could never have been predicted that Conservatives win their 37th general election on the bounce and we keep them. Um, <coughs> I've got... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling. There's, th there's three kind of fears for me for, for 2024. Can I have all three? Okay, so so I'll agree. My, my fear would be that we you have a 1992 have moment and somehow on, the Conservatives snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And... Um, Keir Starmer's Labour Party snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, um, managing to miss that open goal. That's as close to a football metaphor as you're going to get from me. Um, my other fear would be that yep. Um, yep. the collective supporters of Ukraine decide that it's no longer politically or financially um, expedient for them to support Ukraine in its fight against their invasion by Russia. Um, therefore, um, allowing Russia to succeed in their in their theft um, and brutal occupation of uh, of Ukraine, um, and my mm. other fear would be that the relevant minister in the government, whichever that might be this week, eventually gets round to a decision of allowing Aquind to lay their cable um, in through Portsmouth. It's been an absolute yeah. fight to get yeah, home I in the last thought about four Aquin. Weeks. No, that's a great shout. I think pretty much on a daily basis, I think there's I'm... some sort of snarl up on the traffic, and my thoughts are with anybody that's oh, in the accident. Hopefully yeah. anybody involved is okay, and my, my thoughts and sympathies with anybody that wasn't, or the families of them. Um, but that just goes to show how how easy it is to completely wreck the traffic in, traffic in and around Portsmouth. And I don't drive. I'm, I'm on public transport. Oh, but... But being on a 700 that decides to take a merry trip half, <laughs> it seems to go halfway to Chichester before it decides to get to Portsmouth. Um, I'm exaggerating it a little bit. Um, yeah. Is the gamble that I take every day. Um, so, um, yeah, they've, they've just got to say no to that. Yeah, no, I and and I, I'm absolutely with you. No, yeah, I think I saw a piece on Ukraine this morning, which is... I think over in the US, there is a there is a, a bit of politicking going on about whether they should still continue to support them, um, Ukraine, which is is a disgrace. So, I've got a three word slogan for you, as you might expect. Late seventies again, and that's where you know for me it, it is that the general election happens next year, and Labour win a landslide. Because I don't think, despite that nice Mr. Keir Starmer and his performance on Titchmarsh this morning and talking about football, and oh, it was it was fascinating. Watch, you know, I I grew up grew up in a working class household. 
And then they had the people on from the Hailing Donkey Sanctuary. And he said, oh, yes, yes, my mother loved donkeys. And when she was poorly, we used to, she, we built a summer house for her at the end of the garden where she could sit in and look over the fields with the donkeys on. Now, I grew up in a working class household. I don't remember us having a summer house or fields. But still, they might be different sorts of working class. But anyway, um, despite how nice Mr. Starmer appears to be, I think the, I, I don't believe it's how it was when Mr. Tony Blair took office in that the, the, the militant element of Labour had been expunged and expelled and were no longer welcome. So my fear is for a huge Labour majority and then the folk who are there that are lefter than left take over the reins and drive us back into the whole disaster of the 1970s and unemployment rising and double digit inflation for years oh yeah I mean, you understand yuck we've pretty much had that the last you know and That's the Tories me. have been in power for the last 13 years so we, we've pretty much had most of that anyway um, but I, I think you're, I think you're right that no, no one well, is going to enter into office next year. Yeah. And be so, able to turn it around uh, over. Um, well, hmm. oh no, 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 I know, I, I absolutely look where we are, and this is, this is the piece for me, which is where, you know, uh, and and it's partly why I'm so disillusioned with the because the thirteen year thing, I'm, I'm kind of a bit meh, because for me, you know, I think. I think that has to be broken into 10 and 4 um, because I, I actually think for 10 years we did a bloody good job and were fiscally responsible and unemployment came down and minimum wage went up and all of those good things that happened and some of those were Lib Dem ideas and I thought we did pretty well. I think from 2019 onwards where we just lived in the world of populist sound bites and threw money away like there was no tomorrow and then threw more money away and then tried different populist sound bites. Yeah. And, you know, global inflation, all of those things. But I, I do fear deeply that a massive Labour majority will see us lurch hideously left, which um, has well, never it, ended it depends well on your on your anywhere. viewpoint and your and your standpoint. Um, and obviously the, the chucking money away thing was aside from the throwing loads of money at your mates. Um, and VIP lanes for, for PPE was, of course, trying to keep the, the economy at least in hibernation mode while the while the pa while the pandemic tore through the, tore through the country. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that was a necessary thing at the time. And, and you know, only it's only one of it's only one of dozens, Simon. That's the. And again, I, I, I remember being at the Liz Truss event in Portsmouth where she stood there in person. I was only seven feet from her when she said, no more handouts. And we applauded the, the great and the good of the conser conservative South End Central. That's what we wanted to hear. A return to fiscal discipline. She got elected on the Tuesday. On Thursday, signed off another sixty-one billion pounds in housing subsidies so the, that were given to everybody, so, irrespective of their so income. Like you, 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 that was not that was not what so, um, most so, so, so fiscal conservatives really were keen on. Um, so, and uh, um, yes. No, no, no but enough. I, I yes, guess the, it is, the cancellation it is, uh, of the forty-five. I'm not asking you to shed any tears for me. It's a personal then. view, and um... I think the and I think there's, but I think that's where uh, the attempt at populism kind of it is. It's where I just I shake my head. You know, the oh, is it all right if we? If we raise inheritance tax so that, you know, it's over three million. Oh, that's not going to land well. No, no, no. That was never in the plans anyway. And you just think, oh, for God's sake. So, yes, my low light uh, in or my fear for next year is a massive Labour majority. A massive Labour majority. So let's talk about our hopes <laughs> for next year then. So... <laughs>
Come on. Sorry. Come on, Chuckles. What you got? My my snapback. Um, So. Yes, I did. I did. (laughs) I'm not defecting to Labour. No. Um, Is this this you announcing that you're defecting to Labour? (laughs) Yes, that's an exclusive. Good news. Um, You heard it here first. For me, um, the high um, that there is an election and that the Tories don't win it because they're out of ideas and out of anyone competent that can deliver any of them. Um, and they, and I'm and I'm sorry, but the the people that they they put up as ministers or um, indeed as prime ministers um, are, are aren't aren't trustworthy. Have picked on vulnerable people. They've not done it for um, you, have they? and have not picked um, have not picked solutions that will work. And, have, and indeed, even to their own to their own usual um, party uh, dogma, they've not picked ideas that are cheaper either. Which is really really bizarre, but but there we go. So so my high point will be someone other than the Conservatives winning the next general election. Now I can count. Um, I know shock to everybody. So um, so that means there's either going to be a Labour a, a stonking Labour majority, which at the moment the polls seem to indicate there will be, um, or there's going to be. Um, I mean to be fair, it's gonna there's gonna have to be some sort of cataclysm. Yep. for that to even reduce to the point that there would be a, a Labour minority government that requires someone else to, to help them out. Um, no, um, I, I can't imagine in a million years that's happening because it doesn't really work the out C for, word. The, for the smaller... Uh, it doesn't work out for the little spoon, does it, in a coalition, let's be honest. Um, I'd hope that somewhere along the line we get support from at least one of the major parties to change to have serious electoral reform in this country because first past the post does not work in a country where it is not dominated by two major parties and as we've seen over the last few years both of the of the ma- of the larger two parties are quite clearly made up of at least two possibly three sub parties that should probably go their separate ways rather than pretend that they're in the same happy family because they're really not <laughs> When you when you've got the likes of Ken Clark and Andrew Bridgen in the same Conservative Party, and I know they're not anymore because mm. um, Bridgen was kicked out um, for being a bit um, bat excrement um, about vaccines um, and COVID, and, and Ken Clark was kicked out of the Conservative Party when Boris Johnson had his purge. Um, so I don't know if he was got back, if he was allowed back in or not. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, so they're quite clearly not in the same stable, are they? Um, and I'm sure as recent vacations or expulsions from the Labour Party show that as well, that they're, you know, that broad church is more of a broad church in a Chris Chibnall, David Tennant sort of way than a broad church as in the ecclesiastical way. Um, so my, my, I try to. Do you think do you think there is any chance of electoral reform if Labour wins chances are diminished because anybody that majority, wins that handsomely 50 is seats or more. to want to rewrite the rules under which they won? Um so that's that's where I've got and to possibly naively so is that somewhere along the line I don't know because stranger things have happened. Because look, in on December the thirteenth, two thousand nineteen, we were all sitting here thinking it's going to take two, three terms for Labour to be in a point where they can even hope for a for a minority government. And here we are, <laughs> um, four years later, where that's actually looking like an you know an actual majority government is looking like an almost certainty. He says, touch, touching wood. So stranger things have happened. Oh. Um, and they certainly happened in the UK politics yep. in, the, in the last five years. Yeah, and and I think there is an element of I I, I do wonder without the you know without COVID and without Ukraine, would we be where we are today? And no one knows that, so it's a bit of an idle speculation. But I, I'm not, I'm not convinced we would be. So, the the my hope is is actually okay, very similar to yours, which is 
that I, you know, people can say, well, I can't believe you've gone on for years about proportional representation and now it's a load of shit and now you're changing your tune just because it doesn't suit you. And the answer is, okay, well, um, yeah. fair play to you for Do you know me. what? That's my prerogative. And, uh, and, well, but there's an element of, if I, if I look at where politics is and you started to, you know, the, the people that stand in Parliament with a conservative badge on, the vast majority of them I cannot recognise as conservatives. I don't recognise it. I don't recognise the values they hold. I don't recognise the behaviours they exhibit. I don't recognise their approach to financial prudence. As far as I'm concerned, those three measures of what I value in conservatism don't exist in the party that are called conservatives. And I look at it and I, I kind of, you know, I muse and I reflect on the Labour. I'm sure there are strong elements on the left of the Labour Party who are looking at Sir Keir Starmer, man of the people, working class hero with his donkey sanctuary and his knighthood saying well he doesn't represent the Labour Party and I think we're at a stage where uh, are we in a position where binary binary party politics and I know the Lib Dems are seeing and you've got the SNP and you've got other so I'm not being disrespectful but principally yeah like you say, you can count. It's either going to be a Labour or Conservative-led government. That the majority of the people who would even think about wearing that rosette don't recognise either of those parties as theirs. They don't represent their views. So I do wonder whether if, we, if we're looking to the future and we're looking at political engagement more generally can we continue with a system where the vast majority of people are disengaged i i I think the problem that we have is that a lot of people are um and that's actually quite dangerous in in a democracy because that leaves the decisions being made by an ever and ever smaller group of people and it makes it even Mm. makes it ever and ever more volatile um, and to some degree, voters and um, the economy and businesses need and some form of at least relative certainty of they know what they're going to get and they know what you know, know what to expect. Um, and neither of those things have been true over the last five years um, of the of the current government, of the current administration or the various guises of yep. the administration of the Conservative government. I mean, have, have they had more regenerations than Doctor Who? In that time, I'm not sure. Um, so, um, yeah, if only you know, if only their oh, ideas so. are bigger on the inside, um, but they're not. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that in any, for me personally, in any situation, I think any organisation, whether that's a local or national government, that has an overwhelming majority, so can literally do what the hell it likes, and telling everyone else to quote sit down and shut up for four years or five years. Um, I don't think that works because you don't take the majority of people with you uh, and therefore, you're e- and even if you have a majority nope. to be able to enact that, you do that for 5, 10, 15 years or whatever uh, and then the next lot come in and they tack it all back again, which is really, really wasteful um, um, and um, and really, really destructive mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to the country. So, yeah, I... Some form of go on then. So, do you want to know what three what three word slogan I used for that? Yeah, strong I th- and stable. I think strong and stable should come with a, qu- a question mark or at least a caveat when it comes to the current government, though. Um, so, so who knows? So, talking of general elections, possibly, possibly. Right. So, so we're there. We we. We've got that through. Talking of elections. We have indeed. 
Ah, uh, there's basically we we've got to nail our colours to the mast. I'm okay. I'm there. I've before worked it out that, scientifically. I'm I'm certain of this one. So anybody that wants to um wants to Drum take roll. part in our little survey of yep. when people think that the next general election will be, there's a QR code on the top left hand side of the screen. Um, you can scan that, and it's just a simple online form. We just want a name so that we got we know who that person was. Um, and then what week you think that general election will occur in 2024 or will it not? Because um, it, because it, so, because it, because it could go over to 2025. Mm, so could um, go over to 20, January 25, couldn't it? The link in the, um, in the chat. Um, so um, please do take part in that survey. So when, when do you reckon it's going to be then? Twenty fourth of October. Any particular reason? Thursday, the twenty fourth of October. Uh, well, um, now it yes. means that it, it's twenty five. So it's a six week run in, isn't it? From the point that the PM goes to um, goes to the King and asks for permission to prorogue Parliament. It's nice yep. to ask for permission to prorogue Parliament these days, um, and um, that's kind of the, you know it's one of those fancy things of a modern democracy. Um, uh, just Parliament being fancy. sovereign and all that. Um, so 25 working days from from that point, basically the the, the general election would happen. There, although it's customary, so, there isn't anything that legislates that it has to be on a Thursday, but we tend to have them on a Thursday. Yeah, so that's what I've gone for. I've figured we're going to get the August, the holidays and everything out out of the way. Early September, Charlie, we've had enough. It's time to go for it. I don't think they will push it much later than that because campaigning September, October, okay. I don't think anybody enjoyed campaigning through November and December, so I don't think they'll leave it that late. And I don't think they'll go in May simply because it can't, it simply can't get any worse for them. So I, I think they're going to leave it so you think later without October. taking it into deep midwinter. No, 24th of October, exactly on the day. It's going to be a Thursday. It won't be the 31st. Okay, so I'm just having a look at... 24th of October. Bang. So, if that's the case... Okay. Um... Won't Parliament so that would require it being called on the September the nineteenth? Isn't that when Parliament's recessed for conference season? Yep. So then they'll cancel conference season. Be just before that, or they'll use camp conference season to gird their loins. because it's, well, it's a minimum, okay. isn't That's it? Don't have to be. I've not. Um, um, I've not thought of that one. Um, they could be really mischievous, though, and do it like that, but a little bit, or actually do it slightly earlier than that to cause the other parties to cancel their conference seasons without notice, knowing that the Conservatives will have raised more money than the others would have done, and it would be a massive financial loss for the, for the other parties. So that, I mean, they wouldn't do something as horrendous yeah. and dastardly as that, I'm sure. Um, okay, Um <clears throat> I still think it's uh, the, the, that it's likely that it's actually going to happen at the same time as the May local elections. Mm. I'm not being funny. The things that have been going on this week, it could, it oh, could be... Oh, that's early May as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, could... I still don't think anyone's going to be keen to, to, second, to um, campaign. So, there we go. You're saying, is it the 5th of May? 2nd of May, you're going for the 2nd of May, I'm going for the 24th of October. We will see who is right as time unfurls. We have reached the end of uh, another year of um, of podcasting, so we will go off into our Christmas break. Maybe you can have a large glass of eggnog or something just to cheer yourself up, Indeed. and we can well, return we'll all full the, of joy in the new year. Joy the new year brings.
see what Father Christmas brings you. And, and so and you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. For, um, I've been Ian Tiny Morris. Uh, this year, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, comment, share, give reviews, send biscuits, um, whatever you whatever you fancy. And please do take part in our little survey. It'd be interesting to see what everybody thinks the next general election will be. Um, and no cheating by giving your answer like a week after it's been announced. That would be, you know, no. So um, we'll join you. Uh, yeah, you you can join us in the new year. <coughs> when did we say we say we were coming back? Was it the f- sometime in January, the fourteenth of the f- uh, some the, sometime the in January, fourteenth of January? With it depends how much um, how much we with, celebrate over um, Christmas. Cal Corkery and Yinka Adenaran from Charles Dickens Ward. So um, we'll at least be back then. I don't think we're going to come back any earlier unless something crazy happens. So have a good one. Have a enjoy your oh, no, no. 2023 celebrations. Absolutely. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27 p.m., on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. Stop. See, it's easy. <laughs>